This is absolutely vital this morning, but seriously, just going to attempt to trust the Spirit of Almighty God to make this thing clear. Uh, there's not a song that we can sing, even though that is one of my favorite songs. That Here we are right now worshiping you. It's a sweet song. If, if you really can't get motivated to, to sing that one, you need to examine yourself because God is worthy to be praised. So worthy. <clears throat> Through the years, man has made some awesome things, uh, whatever you want to conjure up in your mind as far as inventions and uh, whatever you want to think of. Uh, maybe the car, for one thing. Uh, years ago, I've m- made mention of this before, that cars were built so strong and, and, and solid and could have some uh, mishaps in them and not a whole lot happened to you because fenders, you remember the fenders? Now, if you have any age on you, you remember the fenders were, man, almost rock solid. And then we've mentioned now at times, and it's even happened to me where maybe I'd be talking to somebody just leaning on my car and it just kind of caves in and caves out. I mean, just pops in and pops out because it's so thin. And those new cars are sleeker and high tech and all that airflow and stream over those ones that were big and, and, and rock solid. And one, now they got all these radios and CDs and MP3 players, and they do get much better gas mileage. But if you have any ears on it, you can see how man has just kind of made them thinner and thinner and plastic and various parts to try to make them light. I mean, if... Some cars are made of fiberglass. How would you like to be driving around in a rocket that can go a couple hundred miles an hour with fiberglass wrapped around you? So at times, man creates something pretty nifty, and then they play with it and mess with it until it becomes kind of what we have today. All cars kind of look the same and act the same and do the same. So here we are, closing in on 2010. Somewhere around 50 to 60 years ago, to the best that I can figure out, well, from the beginning of time, but to make my point, the gospel has been played with. Do you know at least 50 years or 60 years ago? No, I am 60, so if it was 50 years ago, I'd have been 10, been 1959. But somewhere in the 40s and somewhere in that era of time, man was never to call, uh, uh, man never called upon repentive sinners to pray that prayer. That is just something new in the last 50 years in America. Are you following me? You know, the idea was if you just get them to say that prayer, you know, like there is some magic formula uh, in that prayer. That is recent, within 50 to 60 years, which is probably the majority of our spiritual life. Okay, I've been saved a fairly long time, 35 years, somewhere around there, and that's all I knew. It's what I was told. It's what I grew up in. And that's what I saw. But if you investigate and study the Word of God, God warns us 
that another gospel is coming. And now you and I are products of this other gospel. We really are. Just like GM was the producer of those rock solid and Ford and those cars years ago. And that was the product, what they brought out. And we are a product of the gospel. Now, I do have a couple videos for you, and they're going to take some time, but this is absolutely essential. Essential. Because the America that you live in is just about no longer preaching the gospel. A form of it, a type of it, looks like it, sounds like it. They're in buildings like this. They have stuff like this. They have someone like this. They hold this. But I'm telling you this morning that it is another gospel. Absolutely another gospel. And you must see this and recognize this. Or else you're going to be in that list of I never knew you. There is a hell. Jesus preached and warned us about hell. H-E-L-L. Hell. It exists. Amen. Now, the first video I'm going to show you is a good video. It's kind of short. It's a good drama. Sweet. We've done them. We love dramas. I want to show them the number. See how, see how long that's been viewed up there? 8,902,000 times. 8,902,765 times. It's an awesome video, is it not? I mean, how, what God has done for us. Okay, now Josh, show them the next one. Push that green bar back. Josh, show them how, much, how many times that's been viewed. Two hundred and ninety one times. Now who did he say right there when right when he finished preaching he brought up some words. Who doesn't listen to the prophets? The church. The people of God. Yeah. Us. That's right. No, the first one was the gospel. Okay, I'm not saying it's a feel good gospel, but it's what Jesus did for us. He redeemed us. He saved us. And you and you're so thankful for that. But in the majority of people's lives, that's where it stops. And you don't hear the gospel preached like that. Those four guys, two of them are dead and in heaven. One is pushing 80 and the other one is 60. Now, I'm not saying when, when their voices are gone, the gospel message is gone. But it's about gone. It's absolutely about gone. Everything they say, I have walked under saying I preach too much on holiness, I preach way too hard, lighten up. I've heard all that stuff. And it comes from the church, not the world. It comes from the church. Okay? This is that other gospel. Do you see that? If, if God, Ruth and I prayed for the anointing last night, because it's not a catchy video, it's not anything. It's going to be God and God alone. It's going to let you see that you've been feeding on 
a gospel that is not a gospel. In fact, I think that's what I titled it. I tried to, uh, America's gospel, that's not a gospel. It's not. It's absolutely not. Galatians warns us and tells us that another gospel is coming, and you and I are living in it. It's, it's been here for decades. And somewhere, like I said, maybe 50, 60 years ago, they, they adopted that. If we could just get the person to the altar to pray this prayer, which we've told you before that does not exist. It absolutely does not exist. Denying yourself, dying to yourself, carrying your cross, that exists. But not that just pray this and you're all right. You can do whatever you want. And we've adopted that also. But Galatians has said, I marvel. I absolutely marvel that you are so soon removed. And that's what happens to us. We get quickly removed when you hear with ears of the flesh instead of ears of the spirit. It says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel. There is another gospel permeating. In fact, there's pre- predominance in America. You've never seen or hear any of those guys on TV. TBN or all those stations. You don't see them. God stuff, God TV. You don't see that stuff. There's another gospel. We are the product of that other gospel. Even have to be encouraged to their song when we're singing, your cup is full. You gotta be reminded why you should be, because we are used to another gospel. Comfort gospel, what Jesus can do for me. And so it's not even spontaneous in you to say, oh yes, my cup is full. Even if all you have is your names written on the Lamb's book of life, that's all. You don't even have a home to go to. That gospel would produce you to throw your arms up and to admit, my cup is full. 2 Corinthians 11.4, New Living Translation says this, You seem to believe whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach about a different Jesus than the one we preach, or a different spirit than the one we received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. And that's what's going on. They're preaching about a different Jesus, a different spirit. That's why our churches are without power. We're polluted. We've been deceived. We've been tricked. I'm not yelling at you. I'm saying, please, watch, look, listen. Anytime I have something in our refrigerator... Even if it's lunch meat, chipped, beautiful, wonderful, luscious lunch meat that I love. And it's been maybe 10 days and I forgot about it. But it's been sealed in the thing. And we'll pull it out and I'll think, oh man, Ruth, what do you think? She goes, I don't know. And sometimes she'll sniff it and she goes, I think it's okay. I'll think, forget it. I'm not even attempting it. I'm not even going to try. And that if I would eat it and it was tainted, I might have a momentarily day or two sick. I'm not talking about eternal. And God warns us about this other gospel. Paul warned the Galatians against receiving another Jesus. 
And people who look like me and sound like me and have buildings like this have done that to us. In Galatians it says, but even if we, listen, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed, because they're cursing us. These are heavy words. No wonder there's only 291 view that. And 8 million view the part where we see what God has done for us. But only 291 view what God wants us to do for Him. Did you hear Him when He said, You come to church, you stick your feet up on the altar, you want some cookies and a coffee? Those are the churches America's flocking to. So those who preach another gospel are absolutely cursing millions through damnation and separation from God. Absolutely. 2 Timothy 4, 1 says this, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his happening and his kingdom, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come. Here's that warning that you and I are in. For the time will come that we will not endure sound doctrine. And we don't. We, have, we don't have a desire to come back to the house of God a second time. We don't have a desire to come back on Wednesday. We don't have a desire to pray, to seek the Lord, to cry out, to ask God for a burden. Because we've been duped with another gospel, a soft one. That's about us. When we've screamed before, it's not about us. You see how much we ate, how much we've been living off of this. For the time will come they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. The true gospel is repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. A repenting. The true gospel is a taking up a cross and dying to self. It's holiness under God. Separation, sanctification. Do you remember when Belshazzar took all the implements of God, the cups and everything they used, they were having a big old party, a big old drinking thing. Now we have Christians who want to drink. And so in Belshazzar's days, they start getting everything that was declared holy unto God out, pouring more booze in it so they can drink. And what happened? God's finger appeared and wrote on the wall. Meany, meany, tickle you farson. You have been weighed in the balance and have been found guilty using a cup. Just a cup, not alone a vessel. Sanctification, a cup, a cup. 
This is to, to have the anointing of God to plan not to be removed and then found in a honky-tonk playing something else. Many, many tickle you farson on a cup, on goblets, and stuff that they drank out. And that guy was dead that night. Belshazzar died that night. Second Corinthians 7, 9 says, Now I rejoice, not that we were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. That you sorrowed to repentance, for you were made sorry after a godly manner. I'm not going to be sorry that you're sorry. If it produces godly repentance, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. Who remembers Jackie Pollinger? Keep his arms up just for... Okay, probably less than 10%. An evangelist, a missionary that went to... I can't remember where she went. Hong Kong or somewhere. Somewhere she went. Who's dedicated her life and who follows the gospel that you heard those guys preach. Here's her saying. Here's something she said. To me, just astounding. To the receiver of the gospel, it gives life. I'm sure we'll all agree with that. But to, to the giver of the gospel, it brings death. Do you understand that saying? Are you going, what? Huh? To the receiver of the gospel, it brings life. To the giver of the gospel, it brings death. That's why only 291 people watch. And 8 million watch the other one. Do you understand that saying? Do you really? Because that's the gospel. Dying to self. That Christ may live. The true gospel is separation. Absolute separation from the world. 2 Corinthians 6 tells us, Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We touch, he doesn't receive us. It's just that simple. Separation, when he says, be ye separate, that means to mark off from others by boundaries. To mark off from others by boundaries. I am to be separate. I am not to be like the world. I am not to act like the world. I might live in the world. I am to witness to the world. But there is to be a boundary in my life unto God. Sanctified. Set apart for the work of God. Not intermixed. Not fill me up with anything, God, or, or, or the fruits of the world, the goblets, the wine of the world, and the lust thereof. That's bogus. Proverbs warns us not to move the boundaries. They have been moved before most of you were born. And now you need this. The eye salve anointed on your eyes so you can find the boundaries. Once again. Because everyone told you, whatever. It's by the grace of God. You're just free. You're spirit led. Baloney. Proverbs tells us, remove not the old landmark. We removed them before you were born, when you were born again. The landmarks of that born again movement were moved. 
And here's what it says. Remove not the old landmarks. Enter not into the fields of the fatherless. But we have. We have been told this is being born again. And we don't realize we're fatherless. Abba! Abba! Father! When we think we're walking and living a godly life to what they told us, just do this, this, and this, and you're all right. Been told you don't have to suffer. Been told you can do whatever you want. It's the grace of God that's going to bail you out. That's bogus. That's another gospel. That's rotten lunch meat. Bible says in Hebrews, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. If you are truly sanctified unto God, born again, set apart for God's work. Excellent. But if you've been eating the rotten lunch meat and think you can do whatever you want and still call yourself a Christian, you're not. You're not. You're absolutely not. If you can treat your wife like a piece of trash and say you're saved, you're not. You're absolutely not. My Jesus won't let me. You're not. Find your lunch meat and throw it away. Galatians says this, But when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when you knew no God, when you knew not God, you did not service, you did service unto him which by nature are no gods. But now, after that, you have known God, or rather are known of God. How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage, to observe days, months, times, and years? And Paul's statement is, I'm afraid of you. He said, how can you hear this unbelievable gospel and have no action, no reaction, no nothing in your life? He says, I'm absolutely afraid. That word afraid means afraid means to be struck with fear, to be seized with alarm, startled by strange sights or occurrences. Strange sights. What strange sights? All right, I'll give you one. We want salvation without self-denial. That's a strange sight. How can that be? How can you do that? How can you live and Jesus live? In you. We want a crown of life without the cross. That's a strange sight. How can you do that? How have we done that? We've accomplished that, but how do we do that? Well, we had to hammer out another gospel to do it. We are starved and hungry for the latest sports news or fashions in the world and hardly have any taste for the Word of God. How can we do that? 
So you can call yourself Christian, but we're not. We spend more money. In fact, I think this came out not too long ago on, on uh, pet food in America than foreign missions. How can we do that when we've been redeemed so wonderfully and, and Christ living in us, who is Lord of all missions? How can we do that? Throw that lunch meat away. We want all of God's blessings, and we are weary of his burdens. We don't want burdens. This is that other gospel. This is what's been permeating. This is the American gospel that is not a gospel. This is it. This is in us and in you. 1 John tells us, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Don't love the world. When I went to ZHS those three days and watched those special missions and evangelists attempt, and I watched them kids go in and out, in and out for three days, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it, how far we have fallen. My heart broke for them kids. I was overpowered. I said, God, how on earth? What can we do? It's beyond a little muscle man guy doing something. They walk in, they walk in in PJs, and, and it's just, there's no direction, there's no life. They're 16, but they look dead already, and it's like, they're God. Oh, dear God. Because there hasn't been any gospel. It's only the gospel that produces life. It's time for some serious soul searching. If you declare yourself to be a Christian, a born-again Christian, you need to go home and check all those lunch meats, all that cheese and all that Kool-Aid you've been drinking and find out what's been going on. You need to turn off what I have seen on Christian TV. It's time. I'm telling you, what kind, listen, what kind of born-again experience have we had if it produces virtually no separation from the world? Jesus never did a wrong thing. And the world hated him, killed him. What kind of salvation do we have if it breeds no hatred for sin that separates you from the God you love? No hatred for that sin. We say stuff like, Oh, I'm sure thankful for the grace of God. What? What? This is what we've made the gospel. We now say, Just confess Jesus as Lord and you're in. You're saved. Jesus says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. That's the one that gets into heaven. We say, Just pray this prayer, and it's done. That was told me. Those told me from sincere people. I'm not saying it's, they're, they're horrible. 
Jesus said, and he said to them, Oh, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If you are not willing to do that, you're not a Christian. You're not. You're not on your road to heaven. Your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. This is the gospel. Now you know why 291. Watch that. Because we don't like this stuff. But that's the flesh that doesn't like it. The flesh, the Spirit of God says, yes. The flesh goes, who in the heck do you think you are? We say, just come to this altar. Give the Lord a few minutes. Jesus says, strive. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Just come to this altar for a few minutes. Now here is a prime example. Man, there's been so much stupid stuff going on. For so, all my life, all my life, all my known life of knowing God, constantly stupid stuff. But here's an example of the American gospel that is not a gospel. Salvation is by grace. It's through grace. That's true. It's the word of God, isn't it? We can't add nothing to it lest man boasts. Salvation is by grace. I say that. I confess that. <clears throat> But it's the grace of God that teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. It's not the grace of God that I run to for a quick fix after I go do worldly passions. I just go back to the grace of God. That is an American damnable on your way to hell gospel. It is. It is. To look first. Our dear, sweet friend, Brian B., who committed suicide a month ago, who used to wail and weep and tears and crying for the Lord here for years, meeting with our young men. Somewhere on the line, he bit that grace gospel. Because after his funeral, sitting with some of his friends that used to run with him, wowed. After he served God, then ran back. I said, why? Why did B do this? And they said to me, he believed a lie. What lie? He believed that you could do whatever you want because of the grace of God. He drove to West Virginia, jumped off the 1,500-foot bridge despair because of the rotten lunch meat we are and have the power to live a self-controlled upright and godly life in this present age because of the grace of God that's what the grace of God is it can keep me right when I want to go wrong. It's the grace of God 
that can keep me right. It's not go do wrong and the grace of God pulls me out. Sorry. It's the grace of God. You have to figure out where you're at. They said the people of God don't want to hear this. Are you one of them? Michael, please. Anyone who tries to just add Jesus into their life that they have already, the life that you have already, while maintaining their own control of their own life, listen, is not a disciple of Christ. Is not. You have to give up control and everything. That is a Christian. Repenting, I've told you over the years, is this. Oh, I'm so sorry. You turn around and go this way. The new gospel has made repenting this. You do whatever you want. I'm just going to do this stuff because it's the easiest sin. You'll do whatever you want. Someone introduces you to Jesus, and you continue to do what you want. That's rotten lunch meat. Now, if anything has happened today, is the fact that you've been told the truth, the absolute truth. Maybe we have 291 people today. Can we stand, please? You see, I've been doing this long enough, Ruth and I. We know we can't talk you into a better walk. Uh, We sought God and asked for the anointing because we know these words will not linger in us for very long. They will not permeate and go down deep where they need to go. We know only the anointing of God and the Word of God can do that. And go in and cut and show and open your eyes and ears. So here we are, another altar call. I used to do funerals. In funeral, they are forced to face death. Force. There's a dead body. Whoever it is, whatever relationship they had there's a dead body and I would go through it attempting to have compassion and making my point and then at the end I would say who wants to accept Christ raise your hand repeat after me that's what I was told hardly any pastors do that so I'm thinking okay God I'll do it for you not easy. A funeral. Somebody's dead loved one. So I've been pastoring, I don't know, 23 years. And that's how I would do it. No one has ever continued, maintained, looked me up, come here, serving Christ. Out of those 23 years. 
It's an emotional moment, and they know. Just like it was emotional when you saw Jesus and he taking the beating for you, and even you got emotional because you know what it meant. But then you go, thank you, and you continue to go your way. It's a dying to self. Dying to it. 